0: Are you having a hard time finding a good book to read about Twin Peaks? Did you finish binge watching Twin Peaks in Quarantine and now you're looking for more? If so, we have the book for you. Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the book. Based off the popular show from the 1990s, read about the making of each episode from over. 100 cast and crew members This book covers Season 1, Season 2 firewalk With Me And Season 3 But wait, there's more This book has commentary From the community And the host From the wildly popular podcast Twin Peaks Unwrapped Order now, supplies are very limited Go to bluerosemag.com Today Welcome to Season 2 Madness. I'm your host, Brian Gazaska, and today we'll be counting down the best Twin Peaks Season 2 episode of all time, according to us. I've explained the rules to our panel before recording, but for our viewers at home, here is how it all will work. We have all 22 episodes of Season 2 laid out in a two-single elimination bracket. This time, we'll be starting off with a flash round to trim off the fat of Season 2. The flash round is a six-episode elimination bracket, and the winner will move on to our main event in the 17-episode elimination bracket. Using IMDb's rating system, I have put the lowest rated against the highest rated going down the line. First episode to get two votes moves on until we determine the best episode of Twin Peaks Season 2 ever, according to us. Ever. We will have three panelists this time. Our first panelist, the mod you can count on, and the Keeper of Peace in the Twin Peaks subreddit, Sam Witt. How's it going, Sam?
1: Hey, I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me.
0: And our second panelist is Mr. Lost in the Movies himself, Mr. Joel Bocco. You can sign up for his Patreon and check out his his blog slash new webpage, Lost in the Movies, um, that's got this brand new, shiny new look to it, and I love it. Job well done, Joel. Welcome Thank back. You. And our third and final panelist, he can be heard right here on Twin Peaks Unwrapped, my co-host with the Moses, Ben Durant.
2: Thanks for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm glad you can make it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. I thought I would take it day off, but I'm here. You're here. Glad you made it down.
0: Gentlemen, we're going to start off in the season two flash round. And this is... Sam's favorite episodes, but also the weakest episodes.
1: How dare you?
0: I know. According to the community
1: anyway. Yeah, you you brought me on here just to make me really mad. (laughs) 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 Yes. Well,
0: maybe.
2: I don't know. There can only be
0: one. There can only be one. First round of the Flash round. Episode 11, Masked Ball. Deputy Hawk explains the White and Black Lodge to DEA agent Denise Bryson arrives in Twin Peaks to investigate Cooper versus episode 12, The Black Widow. Cooper visits Dead Dog Farm. Major Briggs returns after being gone for two days. And we're going to start this off with Sam.
1: Well, you picked, uh, as the first episode to look at, episode 11, mass Ball. Um, is probably in my top three or four episodes of Twin Peaks ever. And I know that's going to sound crazy to a lot of people but i have a lot of reasons for that but i know this is a flash around so i'll try to keep it brief um mostly just because uh this episode goes through a lot of lodge lore we get to East bryson mm-hmm. um, and we start getting to really explore all the tangents in the town that i love but most people find kind of boring um and the black widow episode i don't really have a lot to say about that one it, it's okay so i'm gonna go with uh mass ball nice
0: And Joel, we're going to you. Ooh,
1: okay. Interesting.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So I've been psyched for this flash round. Well, before I even knew it was a flash round because I love the idea of comparing these. I'm a little different than Sam. These are not my favorite episodes, but over time (laughs) I've become so fascinated with them because there's just something so... Weird about the fact that these episodes belong to the same show as like <laughs> these weird Lynchian avant-garde short films, yeah. like the finale or the the killer's reveal. So it's like, how do these coexist? I just I love it, and I love the idea of like measuring these against each other. So uh, I think Sam's points about Mass Ball are well taken. On another day, I could see myself picking that one. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Black Widow wow. because it is the most mid-season two of the mid-season two episodes. And it just, like, enthralls me. It's like a Nickelodeon short. You've got the, like, Andy sees a little Nikki and the the thought balloon. You have uh, just, I think that's the one where Nadine uh, is in the wrestling thing, and it just goes on and on. It's so weird. It's, that was the episode at one point I thought was the worst of the series. And now, it may still be, but it has become one of my favorite from this stretch to watch because I'm so fascinated with its bizarreness. Oh, and it's the one with that ridiculous scene where the, the widow is in the station and everybody's swooning and, and and quoting like Shakespeare and stuff.
4: Harry, you still have that bottle of Irish in your office. I want to put some in a little warm milk for the widow Milford. Oh, she doth teach the torches to burn bright. <sighs> it seems she hangs against the cheek of night like a rich jewel in an Ethiop's ear beauty too
3: rich for use or for earth or too dear it yeah. like why did this exist i don't know but i can't i i can't look away so <laughs> also this means that we can now throw it to number 3 to make the decision so oh. i'm excited to hear what you wow. he think <laughs>
4: I, I, oh boy.
1: To, before before he says anything, I have to say uh, the whole stuff with the uh, Lana Budding Milford when everybody's swooning over her. I do love that.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it so is funny. good.
2: It is good. All right, Ben. Uh, let's see. Oh boy. Uh, you know, with Black Widow, I love the whole deg deg dog farm like it's a place that nobody can go to because it's like it, no, but it might be right for Cooper, you know. Like mm-hmm. I like, I like that whole idea, and he's kind of settling in. Was it the first season he was kind of talking about? Like I might, Diana might want to buy some property and stuff, but I've got to go with Mass Ball wow. because of the Ooh. because of the mythology again. I like the mythology with yeah. Hawk. I can't, I can't complain, <laughs> and I like having Denise. I mean, I you know David Duchovny. I mean, I you can't go wrong with David Duchovny and Hawk. And his uh, Black Lodge, White Lodge stuff. So Yep, yeah, that's what I went with.
0: Wow. Well and Matt
3: the Ben Horn home movie that they watched. Oh yes,
0: the Ben Horn home home oh, movie yeah. there. That yeah. is yeah. some of the best. I genuinely love that, yeah.
3: yeah.
0: So we have Mass Ball moves on to the next round. There's a call for
4: a Dale Crooper. Uh, long distance. I hope I didn't cut it off. Temp. Lucy's helping out with the Milford wedding. Hmm.
3: Cool. Where are we? This is Gordon Cole calling from Bend, Oregon.
1: How you doing, Gordon?
3: Coop, I just called to say that you have my full support in this investigation business. These are hard times, but we get through them. Thank you, Gordon. It ranks poor with me, too.
0: The second round. Second bracket, I should say. Episode 13, Checkmate. Jean Renault holds Cooper hostage. Episode 14, Double Play, Cooper shares with Truman his past with Caroline and Leo meets Wyndham Merle. And we're going to start this round off with Joel.
3: Oh, okay. Uh, This one's pretty easy for me. Double Play might be, to me, the worst episode of the series. Uh, It's just the the scene where they go in and Jacoby's pronouncing to everyone that the widow is cured, and then, like, the mayor shows up with a shotgun and cooper's just like yeah go in there you guys can work it out like what and many other reasons as well i find it very weak checkmate actually has some bits i really like i love the beginning with todd holland is great with those dramatic openings and we get like the most sci-fi image of twin peaks ever where it's like a symbol spinning i mean it's totally cheesy but i love it yeah the symbol spinning through space and he's sitting on like a throne in the jungle for some major (laughs) brilliant sitting on a throne in the jungle for some reason. Like, <laughs> what? Okay, he's in a video game or something. Mm. Uh, so that's my pick. Uh, episode 13, Checkmate. Wow. Last episode written by one single person, I believe, in the
2: whole series.
0: Wow. But written
3: by Harley Payton.
2: So next
0: we're going Ben.
2: So I'm going with Double Play, Ooh. which is uh, which was uh, written by Scott Frost, Mark Frost's brother. I actually thought it had a great balance of I actually thought it was more of a model of what season two could be because it actually starts off with Leo uh, waking up and it's kind of it's a little bit of horror and, you know, I think is it Shelley has to stab him but he runs away and then he comes back and then you have Cooper and he's telling a story about Carol- Caroline and Wyndham Earl and so you have kind of get some backstory of Cooper and then you do have that silly stuff which I don't like but I thought it was a good balance and then it ends with Leo meeting Wyndham Earl which I think we've been waiting for for. For a while now, so for me, right. I thought it was a nice balance of like horror, what they would I guess consider horror and drama and backstory with Cooper. So I went with that.
0: All right, wow, we're tying
1: it up. So Sam, uh, well, you have a lot of good points about uh, Double Play, the Leo Johnson thing when he comes out of his, I don't know coma? what you call it, stu- stupor coma, yeah. whatever. That it reminded me of like an old school horror movie, the way they shot that and. You know, Shelley looked so terrified during that. And then, of course, we get to finally meet Wyndham Earl, who hmm. we've been talking about, like, the entire season.
2: It's true. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And didn't meet until now. Although I have to agree with Joel, though. Um, even though I like the uh, season two episodes in this uh, batch quite a lot, I I would count this as probably the worst episode of the
4: <laughs> entire
1: Yeah. <season. laughs> um, so I'm gonna to have to go with checkmate. I don't, I just don't know what was going on in this double play episode with some of the music. Like there's like random shots of like totem poles <laughs> with classical music happening, and it seems very off putting. Oh man, I love it. I think they they just winged it in the editing room. Yeah, yeah, I think so.
0: <laughs> so checkmate moves on to the next round. I love it. This is great,
4: guys. Can can I ask you a question? What? Are, don't make me do this. This isn't my line of work. I'm a coward. I don't do this kind of thing. I'm a CTA. Ernie. Ernie. Just a momentary lapse. I'm okay. I'm,
0: I'm cool. Let's go do it, eh? <laughs> Our next bracket, episode 11, Mass Ball, is now going to go up against episode 15, Slaves and Masters. Ben Horn's Civil War reenactment concludes. And we're going to start off with Ben.
2: So Diane Keaton... I think some of her cinematography is interesting. Like, she does these close-ups of the chess, and, and I actually think some of the goofy things where the men kind of follow each other and they all say hello to this I, I love it, personally. It's really interesting. But, I, you know, re-watched, I watched it a little bit of this again, and I didn't think it was a great story. I didn't think it was a great... Well, she didn't write it. I know, but that's where we, we have to <laughs> yeah, look at the yeah, whole yeah, episode. Yeah. So I guess it has to be a mass ball.
0: Mass ball, Ben. And then we're going to Sam.
1: Okay, so we're talking mass ball versus slaves and masters, right? Right. Yeah. So this this is the, you know that infamous Diane Keaton episode that everybody else seems to rank as the last episode in their list, rather than I'm going to mispronounce his name Uli Edel, Uli Edel,
2: yeah. um, double play. Yeah.
1: So like like I said earlier, I think double play is the worst. So I, I don't count Diane Keaton's episode as the worst. I actually think it's pretty great. And for season two, I think. It was a it was a good attempt to try to bring back some of the really great strangeness that season one and early season two had. Mm. I don't think it quite pulled it off, but it was a good push in the right direction. But despite all of that, I still like Mass Ball quite a lot more. So I'm gonna have to go with Mass Ball.
0: Wow. All right, because it's a flash round, I would ask Joel what he would have picked, but we we, we have no time. Mass Sorry, Ball. Joel. Sorry, Joel. Just
2: speak. It would be Joel, ball, what, right? Yeah, what
0: would you say real quick? Just give me one word.
3: Oh, well, uh, mass. I'm with Mass Ball as well. Ooh, as that, that would have been... One. All right. Good A for effort, but doesn't work for me.
0: All right. Mass Ball moves on to the final round.
4: Well, Harry, time to face the music.
0: Um, next bracket, we have Checkmate, Cooper's held hostage, up against Episode 16, The Condemned Woman. Agent Cooper and Sheriff Truman confront Josie Packard, and we're going to start off with uh, Sam.
1: I, th- I think everybody knows where this is going, or at least I hope they do. Uh, <laughs> you know, we had all of that drama, that great drama in season two with um, the show getting moved around time slots and all the all the weirdness going on in season two, and it was going on hiatus a couple times and everything. And as you probably recall, there was that one, one uh, stretch of time when everyone thought that the condemned woman was going to be the last episode of twin peaks yeah and it ended with you know josie packard dying and getting sucked into the draw pool and had that been the end of season two that would have been the worst but also (laughs) maybe best way that (laughs) the show could have just dropped off into nothing um it wouldn't have made any sense not that the finale really did at the time but i'm gonna have to go with uh the condemned woman whoa
0: condemned woman all right Joel, we're going to you.
3: This is really interesting when I, I ranked the episodes four years ago, and I actually even though Condemned Woman often gets placed as the best of this batch, I chose Checkmate over it um just because i i I get really frustrated watching the show for the first time and seeing like, oh, Bob and the little man are back, but like they're kind of lame like that just mm. doesn't have the same chill effect it had earlier in the season. I didn't get the Josie and the draw pull thing in it just felt like the episode, the the this the subplot dragging to the finish line. I have watched it again, though, since. And I actually, it, it grew on me a little. And, well, I mean, I've watched it many times since, but since that ranking, I watched it. And I was like, you know, I, I kind of like what they're trying to do with Josie here. Like, I actually kind of felt for her character a little. And, uh, you know, Mark Frost and The Secret History makes her out to, like, it's a very one-note portrayal that I feel like, not quite fair. And I think this episode gets into a little more of the complexity of it. So I, I, uh, think I'm going to go out of time concerns as well. I'll go with condemned woman, um, because it's close and I know we're trying to not spend too much time in the flash round. So
2: wow.
3: I'll go with, and, and, but it's, it's a bit of a toss up for me,
2: but Real quick, I would have gone with, I would have gone with checkmate. And I think, uh, for, Ooh, I would have gone with checkmate because I, I, that whole thing about like if I kill you, maybe that everything will go, uh, all the bad things will go away with yeah, that and stuff. Yeah, but in yeah. that that whole, I mean, you have the you have the police lights and and just the way it's shot. I just like that whole scene, and that scene makes it for me. The condemned whim, woman, I like for the whole dynamics between Cooper, Josie, and Truman. I think that was a cool scene, but. Mm. Little pine weasel. All right,
0: gentlemen, our final round of the flash round. This is it. We're, we're, the winner of this moves on to the big leagues. <laughs> episode 11, Mass Ball versus episode 16, Condemned Woman. And we're going to go with uh, Joel first.
3: That is the first and the last of this stretch. I, I would put the one before Mass Ball um, as the first of this stretch, but it, that's kind of a transitional one. So I guess these are like the book ends. This is actually tougher than I thought. I think I'm going to go with condemned woman, um, which I thought I was, even though that's considered the best of this stretch, I thought I was going to go in another direction. Um, Masked ball has some really great little sequences that I like more than anything in condemned woman. But I think it drags a little bit. It's it's. But outside of those sequences, it feels a little flat. Um, I like Dwayne Dunham's direction a lot of the time, but he's certainly one of the less sort of uh, flashy directors of the show. Mm. When you get into this weaker material in the mid season, I think that kind of drags down a little bit. Like when he has to handle material that is just kind of already a little bit flat. It It's not. I don't know, whereas Condemned Woman has some flourishes and some interesting things going on with Leslie Linka-Glatter. Some of it doesn't work for me. Like I said, Bob and, and the little man on the bed is just kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to elevate it just for the fact that it it's it does some interesting things with Josie. Her scene with Andrew Packard, I think, is pretty effective. And uh, I like the fact that they, they tried to do something there with the character that had so much potential and just didn't quite work out throughout the series, I yeah. think. Wait, but she's in a draw poll, so who knows? Maybe she'll be back for season four.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she would want to come back. She I, yeah. I think she'd wanna come back, so why not?
0: So Condoned Woman by Joel. Uh Sam, we're going to you next.
1: Um, okay. So uh you know, he's he's got a lot of good points about um the Condemned Woman. Um and, and like I said before, it would have been a, a strange and bizarre end of the series had it ended there. Um, but I'm going to have to go with um, Masked Ball. There's just there's just too much stuff in that episode that I like. And like I mentioned earlier, it's, it's one of my favorites of the entire series. Um, I, I know this is where we get the James and Evelyn subplot that everybody rags on all the time. But I have a soft spot for that plot. Uh, do you guys remember um, a while ago when Mark Frost was running like a um, fan fiction contest to win one of his books, his autograph books? Vaguely. He, he had done it like um like you were Tamara uh, Preston or – that's that's her first name, right? Yeah. Tamara. Yeah. Tammy. Okay. Tammy. And, Whatever. Yeah. Right. Tammy, Tammy Preston. Sure. So you were like kind of doing it in the same style she did in this, this secret history where you were kind of reporting these documents back mm-hmm. and that's how you had to write it. And you picked a character and you kind of gave their story – As they were doing, as they were living today in Twin Peaks. And for me, I picked Evelyn Marsh because nobody ever talked about her. And I thought she was really sad. So I wanted to give her (laughs) a little bit of a a boost with some fan fiction there. (laughs) I didn't win or anything, but it was fun to do. So I'm going to have to go with Mass Ball
2: just because I have a soft spot for all of that.
0: Uh, All right. Well, it goes to Ben. Ben, you're going to break this tie. It
2: always comes down for me. If I was on a desert island and I could only watch these two episodes, which one would I want to watch again? And it's got to be Mass ball. I want to see Hawk talk about the lodge, and I want to see Denise again. I don't want to see Josie anymore. You know, so... Uh...
4: <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> Episode Man, 11. After my so... own
3: heart. There, uh, there.
4: <laughs> could I get a beer? Hi. Hello. Headed somewhere? I'm sorry? Is there someplace you're going to or running from? Got the wrong guy. I'm all right. Men are always all right, right up until they pull the trigger. And then we watch the neighbors solemnly march out to the news cameras to tell us he was such a nice, quiet guy. Well, I'm only quiet on the outside. I could almost hear what's inside from here. (laughs)
0: all right everybody ready
4: yes fresh
0: coffee you stretched your legs
3: i actually as you were saying that i got a tabletop cherry pie (laughs) nice (laughs) i have all these little pies for a buck from the grocery store those are the best (laughs) yeah this is the perfect time to have this (laughs) I,
0: i told i wish i had some all right here we go this is the 17 episode single elimination uh Final, final bracket. All right, we're going up against episode seventeen, which is one of the lowest scores, a seven point six. Wounds and scars, and that was about Sheriff Truman mourns the death of Josie and Major Briggs in the log lady. Uh, compare tattoos, and winner of the flasher on episode eleven, Mask Ball. Uh, Sam, we're gonna go with you.
1: Ooh, I get to go first
0: yeah you're the first um,
1: in- interestingly both of these episodes I think are written by the same guy <laughs> that's um, funny wow. yeah. I think uh, Barry Pullman um, wow. wrote both of these so it's a Barry Pullman face off isn't Wounds and Scars the episode that um, Annie shows up in town yes you're yes. right
4: yep you must be Norma's sister I'm Annie
1: Um, So for that alone, I have to give it some credit uh, because I I do like Annie. Um, I know she she is kind of portrayed a little wooden at times by Heather Graham, um, but I I honestly don't think she had a lot to work with. And obviously that whole love situation was kind of foisted upon the show for some backstage reasons. However, again, I'm going to have to go with Masked Ball. Um, I think it's just the Superior episode.
0: Wow, Mass Ball is really, it's like on fire. I think this... it's, it's going to go all the way. Oh my God, can you imagine? <laughs> mass Ball all the way. Hashtag Mass Ball right now, everybody. <laughs> ben, we're going to you.
2: Mass Ball. Really? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm not me? even going to get into describing no. it. Mass Ball. Mass
3: Ball. All right, Joel. Yeah, I'm totally a Wounds and Scars guy. Um, That's my favorite of all oh, of the episodes but we've but talked ma- about so far. I love James Foley's direction. I think it's just got some really subtle, beautiful kind of camera work and execution where he does it all in one take. And he's just, after a bunch of episodes that really uh, drag a lot in various ways, it's just, it feels like such a breeze and such a breath of fresh air to me. It's got the springtime in Twin Peaks vibe. I love the scene where like, Donna's just like drinking Coke in the kitchen and she's like, Oh yeah. Windermere the scene where Windermere comes by. Uh, it's just got this like springtime freshness feel like the show's getting going again. Hmm. And uh, I've always just, I loved it. I love the opening montage with the bleary. Uh, I mean, that's a little ridiculous, but the, the bleary whiskey glasses and stuff, it, but I love that theme song. Dozy oh, yeah. uh, and Truman is one of my favorite pieces of music from the show. So, um, Yeah, I like this episode uh, uh, quite a bit, especially for its uh, placement. I would rank, I would say to me, it's one of the most underrated episodes of season two. Uh, Still probably not in the top 20, maybe on the very outer edge, but uh, of the back half of the series, one one of the most interesting to me
0: wow goodbye
2: that,
3: wounds and scars
0: <laughs> that was a great eulogy for wounds and scars
2: I, I've already voted but uh, I mean for that episode I do really love that Harry kind of is very emotional that he goes off and you have the bromance with Cooper and I, they hug it out yeah, and yeah. I think that's a sweet thing it was it's a sweet bromance thing. A bromance <laughs> <laughs>
0: so Mass ball moves on it's, it's on it's going fa- all the way oh my god <laughs>
3: So, I think it's going to be stopped pretty soon.
2: I think I don't know. <laughs> it's, to, it's not going to make it to the next round. I, I predict it's not going to make it to the next round.
4: Well, let's find no. out. Josie, it's time. I can't be with you unless I know oh, the truth.
0: Round one. So here we go. Episode 7, which is one of the highest rated uh, episodes on IMDb with a 9.4. Lonely Souls. This is directed by David Lynch. And just to remind everybody, Episode 7, The Giant Tells Cooper It Is Happening Again and Maddie Ferguson is killed up against the episode that's on fire, Masked Ball. Ben, <laughs> we're going with you. <laughs>
2: I don't even know why we're going to say this. Of course of course, it's going to be Lonely Souls. I mean, that is an incredible, amazing episode with Cooper in the roadhouse and sees the it's happening again and the death of Maddie. It's oh, without question the best. Joel? Uh, this is the part where we I start to feel guilty about using the German names.
3: Yes. But uh, actually, Lonely Souls is a pretty good German name. So I don't feel guilty about that one. Um, when we get to May the Giant Be With You, I may – I have to start calling it something else. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, this is, to me, this is not just one of the best episodes of Twin Peaks. It's one of the most important moments in David Lynch's entire career. I think yeah. this is a crucial fulcrum for him where he goes from a certain, um, just a certain perspective in a way. I think this the fact that he had to resolve Laura's murder and he did it by like empathizing so strongly with the victim. I think pivots his work in a new direction. I don't know that you get Mulholland drive lost highway mm-hmm. firewalk with me without the way that this episode, um, unrolls. And this is also a first collaboration with Mary Sweeney, which I think is huge, the, easily the most under discussed and under rated collaboration, um, in his career. You know, they, they were together and they worked together for a good 15 years. And there's something about her work with him, which just feels different from uh, his late, his earlier and his, his later films. There's something like really fluid and kind of just beautiful about the way that these, these works are cut. Like I think of lost highway that scene in the desert with the song of the siren or like mm. Mahone drive, some of the cutting at the end where they're <clears throat> going back and forth with Diane Selwyn. And it's, just so jagged and, and kind of just there's something about her work with him, which really speaks to me. It's my favorite period of his career. Me too. And so for so many reasons, I think this really haunting episode just opens up a new door uh, for Lynch. So Sam, what would you have picked? I'm assuming. All right. All right. Let me start it off this way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when I watched
1: Twin Peaks for the first time, I knew absolutely nothing about it. Um, I I saw it, I think, for the first time in 2012, maybe. um, And I had heard about it because of Deadly Premonition, that video game. Um, But outside of that, I knew nothing. So when I watched it on uh, Netflix for the first time, I was totally hooked and I got really engrossed and I binged the entire thing. And I didn't even notice personally that there was such a dip in quality in season two because I was so invested in it. Of course, I learned that after the fact when i on subsequent viewings um so mass ball is just such an amazing episode to me um from the you know the, the season two slump but lonely souls will just crush it yes. <laughs> uh, absolutely crush it
0: all right you got you had me scared for a second like,
1: <laughs> Mass <Masked>
0: ball <laughs> all right so lonely souls goes on to round two We're going to the next bracket. We have episode nine, uh, obituary law, which uh, is Laura Palmer's murderer's cop, Leland Palmer. And up against episode 10, which got a 7.9, dispute between brothers. um, And the townspeople attend the wake of Leland Palmer and Cooper and Major Briggs go camping in the woods. And we're going to start off with
3: Joel. This is an interesting pairing because uh, these are the two episodes that shift the season two. well, really the whole series uh, in a different direction. Um, The last one is really, it's because it's kind of the last of that um, first half in a way. Hmm. Uh, You could argue Lonely Souls is, but I mean, obviously in terms of plot, this is the one where the Leland, Lara, the murder mystery... It comes to an, a conclusion. Yeah, And uh, a lot of people will put it as one of their – they'll put it above Lynch episodes. I have more issues for with it, which I'm going to discuss uh, later. I'm presuming it's going to go up against Lonely Souls, and I look forward to discussing it then. A dispute Between Brothers, that – when I first – so when I first watched it, I did uh, – in in my impression, I did notice a, a sharp drop quality, and it was – the beginning of that episode, I I was actually a little disappointed with how the Laura Palmer mystery was resolved. But you know, I thought I, I thought okay, well we're now we're going on to the mystery of Bob in the Woods, and when you know, as the Germans astutely titled it, those two brothers dispute, my uh, stomach just sank. I yeah. said, oh my God, this is becoming a sitcom. What's going oh, on? I'm gonna stick his head in the gutter where it belongs. What's going on? And I was like horrified. Since Mm -hmm. then, it's become one, like for the same reason as mid-season two, it's become one of the most fascinating episodes to me because it's just such a, to me, it's such a strange direction for the series to go in that I still kind of just am agog at how they chose to take that story based on what they'd done in the previous episode. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also interesting, it begins with a scene that still kind of feels like it belongs to that first part of the series with Sarah on the couch and Cooper comforting her. But even that scene, there's just something off and weird about it because he's telling her that like Bob has gone away and it's not really delivered with much irony. I think you could argue that maybe it was intended to be somewhat ironic, but they don't bring Bob back for a long time. And it. I think it's questionable if they even really wanted to bring him back Um, Mm. strange as that sounds to us and sorry interrupted by the phone ringer Um, strange as that sounds to us I'm not even sure if they really wanted to until eventually they realized they kind of had to but yeah so that episode that's pretty easy for me to pick um, the episode where Leland dies over the one where I think everything kind of heads south for me
0: fair enough Sam we're going to
1: you So, yeah, this episode, Dispute Between Brothers, is definitely the shift between uh, one section of the show and the other. Um, Like I said earlier, though, when I was watching, uh, we we got to arbitrary law, and to me, that was kind of the – I mean, it wrapped up the whole Laura plot, essentially. I mean, obviously, she is important later again. But at the time, this kind of like book ended the Laura plot, and I thought, okay, now we're going to see what's going on in the rest of the town, um, which is something I had wanted to see more of during the rest of the series, but it was so focused on the Laura murder that was driving the plot, which is understandable. So when we got to the dispute between brothers, the first time I watched, I was very excited to see everything else that was going on. However... On subsequent viewings, um, I have realized how terrible this episode is. <laughs> and in Arbitrary Law, the performance from Ray Wise is just so good that you know I'm going to have to go with Arbitrary Law.
0: Awesome. Uh, well, Ben, what would you have picked? I'm assuming you would have went with the pack there.
2: I would have gone with the pack, but um, I don't but uh, episode ten there, I would say I do still love the camping of Major Briggs and Cooper, and I feel like that's the. I think they do want to ha- have Bob in it, but they were kind of starting off with the idea of fear and mm. and fear and love and this whole thing. And I don't know why they were going to draw it out for so long, but they were going to use these these mythologies of the Black Lodge and yeah.
3: first mention right yeah
2: in the White Lodge. And the, you can't compete with a episode nine. You can't compete. I don't even. We haven't even said really much, but that 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 this is Leland Palmer's death. I mean, mm. like, what an incredible scene to go from. From uh, Leland to being thrown in jail and to go kind of crazy and hooting and then to be him be interrogated and be menacing and scary and then die, die and feel bad for him. I mean, like you went through all this roller coaster of emotions with Ray Wise and it was just it's a brilliant scene. And I know I think because we all know it's going to move on, <laughs> I guess we'll continue talking about this. But you can't beat that. That's a great episode.
0: All right. episode nine moves on to the next round.
2: Bob was in my dream, Laura Palmer was in my dream,
3: so were you, and and Laura dreamt about me the night before she died, the same dream that I had,
4: I need to unlock that, I need the answer is inside of me, Bob and I, when we were killing together, there was this, this perfect relationship, appetite, satisfaction, a golden circle, a golden circle. ring. My ring. I gave my ring to the giant.
0: Next bracket. Episode 22. It's got a 9.3. Beyond life and death. This is a David Lynch episode. In this episode, obviously, it's the final episode of season 2. Agent Cooper enters a Black Lodge and encounters familiar faces. Up against episode 19. It's got an 8.1. Uh, is that variations on relations um, and that was about fbi deputy director cole kisses shelly johnson when merle takes another pawn and places it in the easter park gazebo um, and we're going to go with sam
1: okay um this one's really easy for me but i'll sort of explain what's going on before i get my answer um variations on relations uh this this is where we get the uh owl cave spelunking right yes um and i thought that was awesome like it kind of reminded me of like some indiana jones-ish sort of mm-hmm. things um so the and, last
3: one of that nickelodeon show
1: Temple. Oh, well, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, and you know, I I think the set of Alcave was probably about as high quality as any set of Legends <laughs> of the Hidden Temple, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, like I I love the uh the Alcave spelunking and also um, the, the scenes with Gordon Cole and Shelly are really sweet. Um, everybody goes back to those scenes and they're they're sort of you know they, they reminisce on how cute those scenes were. Um, however. Of all of the episodes in the series, the finale is my absolute favorite. So Beyond Life and Death is my pick. Uh, The first time I saw it, I had no idea what the hell was going on. And I I still am not sure that I understand a lot of what's happening. I'm really glad that David Lynch came back and threw out the script that was originally written, or most of it anyway. Um, It's interesting to read, but it's really not very good. (laughs) And I remember when I got my family to watch this, it was like both my parents, my brother and my sister were all watching the series together. And throughout the show, I would like kind of explain some backstory about what was going on and help them understand things. And when Cooper enters the lodge in this episode, I just turned to him and said, you're on your own, because I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
0: All right, uh, Ben, we're going to you.
2: It's got to be the last episode. I mean... Yeah, it's just brilliant television. I mean, it's nothing like you'd ever seen before. With, uh, I think it was just twenty minutes of being in the red room, Cooper. You know, seeing. Yeah, it's just so. It's so good. I. I think we'll we'll probably this probably will be moving forward. So we'll have a lot more to talk about it.
0: Right. And Joel, I'm assuming you would have picked episode twenty two as
3: well. Oh yeah. Um. The no contest. The the variations on relations is interesting because I believe it's the only episode Mark Frost wrote between um Leland's death and the finale like that he contributed to the screenplay at all of and uh, I think you can kind of tell because it gets a little more focused even than the previous episode which is already kind of a, a comeback it kind of hones in on some threads that'll lead us into the finale it's got a sense of things drawing together and being kind of exciting um so yeah not a bad one of the late second season but certainly no competition for the finale
0: All right, episode 22 moves on to the next round.
4: What did your husband say exactly about this oil? He brought it back one night just before he died and said, this oil is an opening to a gateway. Intriguing,
0: isn't it? We're going on to our next brackets. Um, I know these titles are cringeworthy, but they're kind of my, they're, they're funny to me. Uh, episode 1, it's got a 9.0, May the Giant Be With You, a Lynch-directed episode, and obviously it's got to be a take on Star Wars, May the Force Be With You. Up against episode 18, uh, and episode 18 is called On the Winds of Love, which reminds me of the song On the Wings of Love. Oh. And that song gets stuck in my head every time I look at that, this episode. Um, and just to remind everybody, FBI Deputy Director Cole can hear Shelly Johnson and Cooper and the Sheriff. Officers go spelunking in the Yellow cave So this is episode 18. Oh, so I I, well, I must have been well,
2: No, you were both before. right. So this is the beginning of them going into the cave and the last one that we did was Because <gasps> they were connected. At, they were they were still yeah. in the cave. Gotcha. gotcha, believe, gotcha. Or, yeah.
3: And Gordon's in both Gordon and Shelly are in both episodes.
2: That's true. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: I
3: had some things mixed up in my head, but I'll
2: keep he my statements
1: as the, they were nevertheless. The
0: yeah, you're you're fine. So we're gonna start off Ben, episode one versus episode eighteen.
2: Yeah, I'm so into David Lynch. It's gotta be uh Episode one, I mean, that 10 minutes of the waiter coming in with Cooper on the floor and it's like, I hung it up and I know about you. And, <laughs> then, and then having the giant. And I just I mean, some people turned off their TV from that. But I love that's so lynchy. And I mm. mean, I, yeah, it's just a great episode.
3: All right, Joel, going to you. Uh, yes, I will also go with the season two premiere uh, I'll talk about it a little more in the next bracket, I think. Yeah, but uh, it is probably it's interesting because this is probably my least favorite Lynch episode, and on the wings of <laughs> it's um, <laughs> my favorite of the second half of the series between um, Leland's death and the finale. In fact, I think I may have even ranked it above Leland's death on a wow. uh, on my ranking. I'm not. I think at sixteen fifty, yeah, I think I ranked it one spot higher because of some of the issues I have with the with that one. But um, it's it, you know it stands out from those very sharply to me. I've still has some weak scenes, of course, and some embarrassing scenes. JJW uh, yodeling to uh, Audrey in the picnic or whatever. Mm. Um, but oh. you know the scene with Coop with Cole, Gordon Cole and Shelley and all of them in the diner, and it's where you get the first sign of the owl cave symbol that we'll play so much in later episodes. There's just so much going on there, the log lady talking, and I even love Cooper's penguin joke. It actually makes me laugh. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes, I love it too.
4: Well, the first penguin said to the second penguin, you look like you're wearing a tuxedo. And the second penguin said, maybe I am. That's rests.
3: But no, may the giant be with you is what I'll go with there.
0: All right. Uh that episode episode one moves on. Sam, I'm assuming you would to follow the pact on this one.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, I, I feel like I need to be a little contrary because no, my I, man I, I'm looking at my this man, one. John Justice Wheeler, the man of many sweaters, the man of interesting uh, <laughs> technological contraptions, the man of <laughs> Yodeling and uh fireside chats with Dale Cooper, John Justice Wheeler. I do like that my scene. Man. <laughs> yeah. um he, he he really pulls on my heartstrings i love john Justice wheeler but i'm still <laughs> gonna have to go with the other episode even though it's already moving on
0: so you would give the, the swan song to
1: the, the wings
4: of love. all right uh, wow
1: well I, I mean i'm picking the other episode but i i really do like uh the jjw stuff it's it's
4: yeah it's
0: great <laughs> well episode one moves on to the next round
4: I always figured I'd be the one to go first.
0: All right, we're going on to the second half of this of this bracket. It's it, this is a this is a, a marathon, people. A marathon. I've
2: got no notes now for this, so uh,
0: <laughs> no, we're still we're still in the second half oh. here. Episode eight, which got an 8.8 rating, dry with a dead girl, and to remind everybody what episode eight's about. Leland takes his death bag for a ride. And Ben and Jerry remember uh, Louis Dombrowski dancing with a flashlight. The flashlight dance. Up against episode four, which has got an 8.1 rating, Laura's Secret Diary. And for everybody, uh, that is Leland is interrogated about the murder of Jacques and Judge Clinton Sternwood comes to town, which
3: is one of my favorite characters. I love that character.
0: Yeah,
3: we're gonna start off with Joel. Again, this is sort of an interesting juxtaposition. I sort of have issues with both episodes. Actually, I don't know that I really have issues as much. Uh, yeah, actually, I do sort of have issues with the uh, episode <laughs> eight. Um, it's a little bit of a come down from the killer's reveal, but i watched it in various ways and back, you know, when I was ranking the episodes the first time I watched them out of order based on, you know, I made my ranking and then I rewatched them and wrote about them. So I didn't see this after lonely souls and it felt so much stronger to me because it really is kind of a lively episode, a lot of interesting stuff going on. Uh, The other episode, uh, Laura's secret diary. I think that's the weakest of the, of the early second season. Uh, although it has one of the best openings with the uh, going through the, the hole in the ceiling. Mm. The first time I watched Twin Peaks, I tried to guess each time if David Lynch was directing the episode. And I was usually pretty accurate. The two times I got it wrong were um, the second episode of the season with the uh, the barbershop quartet. It's a little understated. It's really great, but it's a little more subtle or understated than a lot of his opening so I, I thought it was somebody else and this one I got wrong because I thought oh this is like a racer head this is definitely David Lynch directing this and I was like yeah. Todd Holland who's that so I it's a great opening um, but then the episode sags a lot in the middle a lot of like Lucy Andy Dick stuff and it just it's a little bit of a lull in the midst of what is otherwise the best stretch of season two in my opinion sorry drive with a dead girl gotcha
0: <laughs> Joel goes drive with a dead girl all right we're moving out to Sam
1: Okay, so drive with a dead girl. Um, I I feel like this is the this is the one right where um, Lucy's sister shows up, and like there's a bunch of weird stuff with Andy and his his sperms, and he's a whole damn town and all that jazz. Believe so.
3: I don't know. You no, know, whole damn town is um, the one where they rescue Audrey from One eyed Jacks. But this is definitely the one where the sister shows up. Yes, the sister does okay, show okay, up. Okay, so
1: they, they're still in the midst of this. Um, plot with, with Andy where he's he's concerned about his sperm, I guess, maybe just mm-hmm. not the quote. Um, and that I, I thought was super dumb. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I'm going to have to nix this episode and go with Laura's Secret Diary. And uh, as you said earlier, I do really like uh, Judge Sternwood, and he has one of the best quotes, in my opinion, in the entire series. And it's one of these things where I thought maybe he was quoting someone else. But I've looked it up and I've not been able to find a source other than Twin Peaks, so correct me if I'm wrong, but at one point he says,
4: Before we assume our respective roles in this enduring drama, just let me say that when these frail shadows we inhabit now have quit the stage, we'll meet and raise a glass again together.
1: And I thought that was uh, just an awesome um, quote and really explanatory of Judge Sternwood's character, but uh, bits of that quote I I thought maybe he pulled from elsewhere, but I don't think he did.
0: It is a great quote. I love that character, too. Ben, can you break the tie?
2: Can I break the tie? Scott Frost is the one that does the the uh, middle episode between uh, the uh, the death of Maddie and uh, and the reveal, uh, uh, and catching Leland and stuff. And you have the whole Leland looking in the mirror, and you have seen Bob and playing golf, and then he goes driving, and he's driving all over the road, and Cooper is like, say, you know, it's it's some interesting stuff. But I, I, I this is probably the hardest one for me. I don't know, because I like a lot of that, but I feel like I'm going with Laura's secret diary. Oh! And I should tell you why. You should. I think we've said it all in some ways. I really do love that opening. I guess I really like it, it did, like Joel said, it felt so David Lynch and say, mm. Daddy, Daddy, and like that, that haunting of, of his daughter. And watching it the first time, you're thinking, wow he is in so much pain because of the loss of his child and then you watch it again after seeing this you know after finding out he he is the killer you're like oh my god like he <laughs> he, he you know he's being haunted because of a terrible thing that he's done right i love that and i do love the whole thing with the judge and if i remember right there's all this the weather and stuff where it's raining and i think there's lightning is
0: and, a thunderstorm coming and, I,
2: and I, yeah, and I like that whole, like, it, it goes throughout the whole episode. There's a, this atmosphere. And so I guess between the judge and that opening shot, it just really made it for me. But I like Scott Frost's episode, too. There's things I like about it. But
0: this is going to get harder, people. Uh, All right, episode four moves on to the next round.
4: We've been uh, eight hours on the road. Sid and I are going to pilot over to the Great Northern, hook up the Winnie and dine in the timber room. See you in court.
0: Next bracket, episode two. uh, It's got 8.7, Coma. It is also directed by Lynch. And for everybody out there to remember, this is the episode Margaret Lanterman, a.k.a. The Log Lady, tells Major Briggs, deliver the message, which he does. Cooper, Cooper, Cooper. And that episode is against episode 20, uh, it's got 8.3 The Path to the Black Lodge in episode 20 is the Wyndham captures Major Briggs and Audrey Horn stops John Justice Wheeler from taking off on his plane because she's a virgin
2: um, <laughs> we, should, we should add that because she's a virgin well when you I'm... describe it like that <laughs>
0: stop I'm a virgin.
2: I think I already know what uh, what, well, what Sam's going to pick here. Ben, I'm, <laughs> I'm going kidding.
0: Ben, I'm going with you first. Uh,
2: uh, right away I'm just going to say I it's episode 2 here the coma I mean, you have David Lynch directing this one again, and you have the whole grandmother, grandson, and the grandson's like, she seemed like a very nice girl. Mm-hmm. And you have the <laughs> the corn, the cream corn, cream corn in his hands and stuff. I, and the whole hospital stuff. I mean, it's so Lynchian. There's such a—it's it's, more—sometimes this episode's more Lynchian than the first one that he directed, I think. I mean, it's just so wacky. So it's got to be Coma.
0: All right. One for Coma.
1: And we're going to Sam next. All right, so I, I was I was expounding on my love
4: for
1: J J W earlier. I mean, I mean, the li- the list goes on. The sweaters, you know, <laughs> yes. everything. and adds to that list. add to that list. Banging virgins on his own plane. Oh, I mean, this guy, he's a this guy start. does it all, and he's also got business interests in other in non- other countries. He's international. Yes. This yeah. man is amazing. <laughs> he deserves man. his own series. Despite all that, I still have to go with the David Lynch episode right. though. <laughs> because the path of the Black Lodge ends in a really great way where you, uh, you finally see, like, the, the pool in the woods and, yeah, like, the, the trees and everything uh, and Bob's hand coming through the curtain, I think. So good. But, I mean, Coma is just such an amazing episode, just yeah. to front, to front to back. And I think, actually, this might be the episode the first time we ever hear about Wyndham Earl. Which is funny because we we hear about him in conversation in this episode, and then like fifteen episodes later or something, we actually yeah, meet him.
3: so true,
0: right? So Joel, what would have been your pick there?
3: Uh, I love um, the the Lynch episode. That's like my favorite, one of my favorite. Uh, I like it more than the the season two premiere actually. Uh, well, ta- I'll talk about that more in the next round. Okay. Uh, Pass the Black Lodge when you describe it that way in your opening, it's like, oh, it seems not as good. But it actually, to me, is like one of the best uh, episodes of the late season, uh, well, the back half of the series, because I think Stephen Gyllenhaal made a lot of interesting additions to the script that like weren't in there, including the closing montage where we returned to all these locations. It starts to feel like we're linking back up with the beginning of the show. And I believe, aside from that one shot of bob climbing over the bed which i don't really like and the condemned woman this is like the first time we really get to see bob uh, again since uh, leland's death and just the standing there with the shot of the curtain Mm. uh, must have added after lynch started setting up the finale because i'm not sure because i can't remember exactly but i think that when he enters the black lodge in the script as written it's not the red curtains because it's not the red room
4: it's right.
2: like
3: some other thing. You're right. It's like
2: the Great Northern almost like yeah. it's a it's a uh, shadowy black and white.
3: Yeah. So yeah. so it seems like we're already here getting that redirect that Lynch is gonna take it in. and then because you got the shaking hands and all that. So that stuff's all great, but no, I mean with mythol they're both mythology heavy episodes and nothing I mean, well, a few things, but not this episode can compete with uh coma.
0: All right, so coma moves on to the next round.
4: My log has something to tell you. Do you know it? I don't believe we've been introduced.
0: We're going on to our final two brackets. And then that's it? Of this round. (laughs) This is a long one. All right. We have episode six. It's got an 8.6. It's demons. And for everybody out there to remember what episode six is about. Our Regional Bureau Chief Gordon Cole pays a visit to Twin Peaks, and without chemicals, the one-armed man provides answers. And then episode three, it's got an 8.3 rating, The Man Behind the Glass. In episode three, Leland says he knows the man who was in the sketch, and Donna Hayward discovers Laura Palmer's secret diary. Joel, we're going to you.
3: This is an easy... A competition, in my opinion, because these are very similar episodes. They're both directed by Leslie Linka-Gladder. They both have significant moments with Mike, the one-armed man, kind of coming out of his thing. They both kind of have stuff with with Leland and his kind of state. I think in uh, Man Behind the Glass, he shows them the Bob poster. And in uh, Demons, we see him. He goes back to work with Ben, and he's dancing around and singing all of that. Uh, so you can look at them head to head, and it's like pretty easy to measure which ones. It's not an apples to oranges compa- comparison at all. And Demons, I think, is the best episode of season. will say the best episode of season two, not directed by David Lynch. And there's a lot of great things in it. I love the way that Gladder shoots it, where she's got these scenes. She has a lot of two-handers, like scenes where it's just two characters with each other, and the dynamic between them is so great. Uh, She just gets these wonderful performances out of all of them. And nothing tops the final scene of this where Al Strobel Jr. gives one of the best performances in the series uh, where he goes from Philip Gerard into mic mode and just his delivery, the way he says those lines and everything and, and the way she shoots it and the tension, the music. It's just one of, I would say this is the best, like, that twin peaks ever gets in terms of mythology without david lynch behind the camera like it's the only thing that feels like and it still feels kind of different from lynch in a way but it feels of like it it, it's of that aura kind of i I don't know how else to put it Mm. just something chilling and uncanny and thrilling and exciting about it i love that performance
2: all right ben we're going to you i agree with uh joel dame demons what I, doing, I don't need to say anything else. You're right. The performance. <laughs> I waved already. <laughs> <laughs> I waved. Enough said. I just, Enough I don't, said. I, I mean, I don't think – I think you said it best. I mean, it um, really is uh, a great episode.
0: Sam, you got anything to say about this before we move on?
1: Um, I'm I'm going to pick demons as well, all mostly right. because um, of all the things that Joel said. But I do want to mention in The Man Behind Glass, I, I am – a fan of Harold Smith's character. So all that stuff that goes on with Donna and Harold Smith, I really like. Um, it just, that episode just couldn't top demons in my opinion.
0: Fair enough. We're now moving on. Episode six moves on to the next round.
4: He feeds on fear and the pleasures. They are his children.
0: We're hitting the last bracket of this round. Episode 21 which is it's got an 8.6. The Miss Twin Peaks, a very fun episode. Twin Peaks residents participate in the Twin Peaks pageant, and Wyndham makes an appearance dressed as the log lady. Um, And then that's going to go up against Episode 5, which got an 8.5 rating, and that's The Orchid's Curse. Uh, Agent Cooper pursues a rescue mission to free Audrey Horn from One-Eyed Jacks. And uh Sam we're going with you
1: oh you're gonna start with me again yeah I, I like the way this is going <laughs> um so for this one I'm I, I might rock the boat a little I'm not sure I'm uh, yeah I, I'd have to go with miss twin Peaks uh w- one very specific reason is that we get to see Wya dressed as the log lady and also <laughs> hit hit uh Bobby in the face with a log I think oh yeah mm-hmm. um, that, that was a great little scene but the whole pageant is completely ridiculous and absurd and I love it. And I think I've only come to love it more and more every time I watch it. Um, The only thing I don't like about it is Annie's lame speech.
4: And to illustrate my point, I'd like to quote these words from Chief Seattle, leader of the Suwamish tribe. Your dead are soon forgotten and never return. Our dead never forget the beautiful world that gave them being. They still love its verdant valleys, its murmuring rivers, its majestic mountains. When the last red man has vanished from this earth, these forests and shores will still hold their spirits. For the Indians love the earth as a newborn loves its mother's heartbeat. Why have we all lost touch with this beauty? Maybe saving a forest starts with preserving some of the feelings that die inside us every day, those parts of ourselves that we deny. For if we cannot respect that interior land, then neither can we respect the land we walk. So let us, in walking gently upon the earth, leave behind a simple legacy that were new warriors, mystic warriors who love the earth and try to save it. Thank you very much.
1: That ends up winning the pageant. Yes. Um,
2: Audrey Horne should have won. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was rigged.
1: everything else was, was super awesome. Um, and um, let me think see the other episode uh the orchid's curse um i don't really have a lot this is this is like when the court hearings start right Mm, i think so yeah i mean there's some more harold smith stuff in this episode which is really good um and uh we'll get um (laughs) some some ben and Tojimura business happening um, but yeah, I missed Twin Peaks for sure. But Hawk to the rescue. He saves Cooper and, uh, and uh, Truman. Joel, we're That's go- true, because they can't keep a secret. Ah, yeah,
0: exactly. Joel, we're going to you.
3: To me, this is the most underrated episode of season two of of the series, actually, I think, versus – One of the more overrated, I mean, Miss Twin Peaks, a lot of people don't like it. So I guess it's not that overrated. But people generally, I've heard people be like, oh, this is the last two episodes are where it gets really good. And I think Sam just made, you know, a a good eloquent case for Miss Twin Peaks. But as I've watched the series, this has gotten, I had the opposite experience. (laughs) And I started out, I think, just kind of like, okay, we're getting to the end and kind of excited. And as I watch it more and more, I like this episode less and less to the point where I think it's my least favorite of the whole series. I think. Okay, we're going to get to a point here where you and I are going to start fighting. Two, I know, <laughs> I'm so glad you put it in this order, because now he gets to make the one extreme, I get to make the other, and then um, Ben can come in and be in find the. Ben, break up this fight, Ben. ben. Choose me, carefully, but,
0: Ben. Oh, wait, uh, Joel, you're not done. Go on.
3: Early mid, Mid-season two, it falls on its face a lot while doing stuff that doesn't really matter. We get to this episode and I feel like the, the plotting is so heavy and it just, it feels so forced so much of the time and everybody seems kind of tired and there's like a listlessness even as they're trying to be really energetic and it just, it doesn't work for me. Um, I do like the scene in the beginning where Windermere comes in and he has the weird makeup on and he kind of makes that face. The Japanese horror face, yeah, is really cool. Um, for the most part, I just this is to me this episode is like the epitome of where Twin Peaks just kind of lost its spark. Now, on the other hand, Orchid's Curse, I really like that episode, and I think it's got sort of I think uh, it's the only one that Graham Clifford directed, and it's got this sort of plain, straight-ahead style that I think works really nicely. Uh, especially after the sort of the more flamboyant Baroque, which I sometimes like a uh, previous episode by Todd Holland with all the lightning flashes and the ceiling tiles and stuff. There's just like a straight ahead quality to this one. And it's very clean and elegant in the scripting. This is the first one. Actually, this is another Barry Pullman face off. He wrote both of these episodes, I believe, which is strange to me because I don't like Miss Twin Peaks and I love this one, but it's just You're got right. this he, clean he economic storytelling where, there's only like a few storylines, the trial, the twin trial kind of anchors the middle of it. And then we get to this great climax where we have uh, Cooper going to rescue Audrey from One-Eyed Jacks on the one hand and on the other. So you have this red scenario, everything, the red curtains, the deep lush wallpaper. And then you have, you keep cross cutting to Donna and uh, Harold in, in Harold's house, in the greenhouse. So you have like the green and the leaves and the flowers. And I just love that color contrast. And the Donna Harold material I think is some of the strongest in, in the season in the series. Like you really get this sense here. I think I put it once, it's like one-eyed Jacks is kind of the more outward aspect of the mystery and the storyline of like the social sleazy corrupt place that's like the public side of Laura's legacy. Um, you know, somewhat public. People didn't know about it, but there were a lot of people involved with that. Whereas the Harold stuff gives you a sense of like the private tragedy and trauma and the inner sadness and the loneliness. You know, you could call this episode "Lonely Souls" as well. I think, and I just love how that all plays out. And Harold's theme is my favorite piece of music on Twin Peaks. Yeah, I'm I i can not remember if it first appears in this episode. I think it does, even though it's one of the last with him. But I, I use it it so well and I just like that to me sums up the whole secret kind of that little that's like that warm fire in the darkness just flickering in the background almost flickering out I love that that music so much. So that's Orchid's curse for me.
0: Wow, Joel made a case. Ben.
3: So did Sam. So I, we've got a we've got a contender here. What's it gonna be? I know.
0: Ben, did they sway your
2: choice? No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's not choosing choose your, of choose your words carefully, Ben. So let's
2: say we've got two, we've got two shows here. We've got Tim Hunter, uh, who directed uh The Miss Twin Peaks one. Yeah. And then we've got uh We've got episode five with this. Uh, One Eye Jacks. It's a great sequence. I mean, it, to, just to share with you that you have Cooper and ha- Cooper wants the best book house boy, and he and Harry shows up, and that was that was I think that was the previous episode. But still, these these bromance comes together. They're going to go rescue Audrey from One Eye Jacks, and then you get Hawk who actually saves them and says, "Oh, you can't keep a secret," as we said. Mm-hmm. So uh, my favorite episode is. Um, the Miss Twin Peaks episode Woo! with Tim Hunter. <laughs> because oh, wow. okay. I, it, <laughs> I had to drink you a little bit there, I think. I do, I, I mean, you have this momentum that's going to the last episode. I do like Tim Hunter's pace of his episode. I enjoy, I mean, like he had multiple cameras. Usually the, the whole show is mostly shot with one camera. But for this episode, he had multiple cameras so that you could have the lights go out and you have explosions and and all the chaos. And One of the criticisms um, about season two is there wasn't enough of all the characters together or they all weren't doing... Like season one, you had the the mystery of who killed Laura Palmer. And every episode, no matter what these characters were doing, it seemed somehow to be related to that overall mystery. It kind of fell apart in the second season. And I feel something like the Miss Twin Peaks kind of started bringing people together. It's awful in some ways. It's not the greatest performances, but it's still a way that the whole community came together... I'm going to rattle on a little bit longer. You know, there's a show like uh, The Vampire Diaries and stuff like that. Goofy, silly uh, uh, teen drama. But that show, what it would do, if I I watched that show... If I watched that show. (laughs) Every week there was an event. So every week it was like, oh, it's a dance this week, or we're going to do a fundraiser this week. But it always brought characters together and stuff. And I think that's what I like about Miss Twin Peaks is. They bring all the characters together. You're... You're, you're invested because not all, whoever wins, Wyndham Earl is going to make it his queen and, and kidnap and stuff. So mm-hmm. I think there's there's a little bit of drama. Is it perfect? And Joel makes a lot of good points and there's a lot of good reasons, but I think for Miss Twin Peaks episode, I just like the momentum of like, okay, we all have to stop Wyndham Earl and, and you think you're going to be a showdown between Cooper and Wyndham Earl and it doesn't happen and it really never, in my eyes, it never happened, but... I don't know. I enjoyed that episode. Well, Sorry, Joel.
3: There, there is a great mystery in Miss Twin Peaks, I'll, I'll concede, which is how Cooper and Harry get to the roadhouse to rescue Annie and then just stand there <laughs> for
2: 20, <laughs> 20 minutes for her to no, win. The fog got in their eyes. And it was like be a little salty. Oh, I know. That's so true. Uh. And then Andy, it's a map. You it, guys didn't figure out no, it was a mountain. I you know. Didn't see the waterfall in the, in the,
0: uh, yeah. In the yeah. Well, <laughs> episode twenty-one, Miss Twin Peaks, moves on to the next uh, round.
1: Here's to the children.
0: <laughs> Here we go, round two, bracket one, episode seven, Lonely Souls, directed by David Lynch, one of the highest rated of these episodes. Up against episode 9. No, arbitrary, law. arbitrary Law. And episode 9, just so everybody remembers, is Lord Palmer's Murderers Caught. Uh, up against Lonely Souls, which is uh, about uh, the giant tells Cooper it is happening again and Maddie Ferguson is killed.
1: And we're going to start with Sam. I don't think this will be much of a contest, honestly. Arbitrary Law is a good episode for all the reasons I mentioned earlier. Uh, and Tim Hunter did... A, a pretty phenomenal job um kind of bookending that laurel palmer mystery plot however lonely souls i, I mean come on
0: <laughs> yeah you can't argue with lonely, lonely souls all right that's one for lonely souls uh ben
2: it's gotta be lonely souls and real quick i mean now there's so much going right that david lynch did i you, that atmosphere of the roadhouse, and you have Ju- Julie Cruz singing, and people are crying, and they don't know what's going on. And it seems like Cooper is is unsure of himself. I might be the only one, but I, when I originally saw that, I thought Cooper saw he had a vision of Leland killing Maddie. I really thought that that was like he knew he kind of knew what was going on. And then to go to the next episode and be like, only the audience knows, and stuff. But it was just it was just one of those things. is like, what is happening here? It's just mm. an amazing episode. And Joel, final thoughts. Uh,
3: I would also go with Lonely Souls for the reasons mentioned previously. I'll just say about arbitrary law, uh, as I alluded to before. It's like a very troublesome episode for me, and I. It's another one where there's so many episodes in Twin Peaks for different or, or sections of the show or whatever for different reasons that I find fascinating, almost because they're kind of problematic in some way. Like it just gives you so much to kind of struggle with and arbitrary laws like that, when I first watched it, I actually, I was not satisfied at all by the resolution of the mystery. It felt kind of abrupt. It didn't it didn't feel like, so Cooper gathering everyone together and then just sort of remembering what Laura said to him in the dream, it just felt like a letdown to me. And it felt like, okay, we got to come to a conclusion here. Let's do it. It didn't grow organic for, uh, organically for me out of the plot. As I've watched over time, It still doesn't quite work, but I kind of can see something more interesting they were going for there. Um, There is something nice about having it be Laura in a way that's solving her own mystery. And Cooper's just kind of the conduit for it. I think also having it be this kind of weird thing with the giant and the ring and the one-armed man also kind of works. So there's interesting stuff going on there with that. I think for me, one of the biggest problems with the episode now is something – that didn't even bother me on first viewing. I kind of just went with it. I think I was almost kind of relieved at the time. But then after seeing Firewalk with me, it just, it stuck out like a sore thumb. And that's this idea. And I think they really, even though Mark Frost has spoken about it as being ambiguous, it doesn't play that ambiguous to me that Leland is totally controlled by Bob in this episode. And I think Mm. that's a much less interesting way to go, both in terms of the drama, because you're making this character into just basically a meat puppet, you know, like he doesn't have any control over his actions and he's just a conduit. And I think it subverts the theme of like sexual abuse and domestic violence, because if all, if the point of the story is that there's this evil spirit who possesses people, makes them do things, you could pick anybody in the town. The fact that it's her father that abused her and murdered her speaks to like a real phenomenon that I think is dealt with much better in lonely souls and ultimately in firewalk with me where Lynch has these supernatural aspects and he has these uncanny uh, elements to it, but it all points back to that underlying kind of psychological story. Same with like Mulholland drive where you Mm. go off into all of this kind of dream world, but it's anchored by a sense of like real trauma and real human drama and I think, unfortunately for me, arbitrary law loses some of that. It's it's got some really kind of enchanting qualities. It's not boring at all. It's one of the most uh, kind of exciting Twin Peaks episodes. But uh, yeah, it has it has some issues for me, which always bring me back to it. I don't know. That might be one where uh, I'd make a, a bid for coming on for your. Uh, your rewatch episode. I think it could be really interesting to discuss that with the community. Mm, yeah, yeah, definitely. Great points.
0: All right. Episode seven directed by David Lynch, with only souls moves on to round three. I
4: blue I've been thinking, I've really enjoyed my stay in everything, but I really feel like it's time for me to go home
0: on to our next bracket we have episode now this is just so everybody knows this is lynch versus lynch episode 22 versus episode one Mm. wow Wow. okay so yes this is crazy ben we're starting with you
2: Hmm, what would i say (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's got to be the last episode. I mean, like, I think John Thorne has talked about how Lynch rearranged the commercials when it originally aired so yeah. that he could have a longer time at the end of the episode to really focus on the Red Room. And it's, it's just brilliant. It's just amazing. It's like a fun house, or a, not a fun house, but it's like a, I don't know, like a haunted house where you're going in and you don't know what you're going to see. And it's just so good.
0: All right. That is one for episode 22. Uh, Sam.
2: Uh, I'm going to have to agree. Um, episode
1: 22 it is. The premiere of season two, I think as, I think it was Joel was talking about earlier, um, was maybe one of the weaker Lynch episodes of the whole series. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would tend to agree with that. So 22, I, I, that totally blew my mind when I saw it. So I'm going to have to go with that.
0: And Joel will give you the final thoughts.
3: Yeah, pretty easy pick for me. It's uh, my favorite. Lynch episode of the season versus my least favorite of the season least favorite Lynch episode. I still like that episode a lot, but, um, may the giant be with me be with you. I loved on first viewing, second viewing. I actually found it really disappointing. It was like, wow, this is not as strong as I remember. And since then I've just sort of seesawed on it and found kind of a place in the middle. I think a lot of it, it's, it's very heavy on exposition. It kind of drags itself out a little too much at times and uh, but there's some wonderful stuff in it, you know, really fantastic sequences. And I really do. I mean, I talk about it dragging, but I actually love the whole 17 minute sequence <laughs> from the opening to Cooper finally getting rescued. I just yeah. find hilarious and kind of hypnotic. Uh, I like that stuff a lot. But no, definitely the finale is is spectacular for me. One of the best hours of television episode uh, uh, ever. Did did that series
1: uh, sequence you're referring to actually go for seventeen whole minutes?
3: Uh, the Audrey and Ben thing interrupts it. Uh. So there's three scenes there, but like, he doesn't get off that floor for seventeen minutes. Wow! <laughs> wow! That sequence, if we include the Audrey Ben thing, is more screen time than the Log Lady is in the entire series wow. <laughs> until season three. <laughs>
2: That's right, because you've logged all this. Yes. A lo- I,
3: did, I did a character ranking, so I figured out who was.
4: Wow. Cool that is nuts. What, how much? Why are you doing this to me? Same thing happened last time. When he fell in love with my wife, I took the boy right to the edge that time.
0: We're moving on to the second half of round two. Uh, we have episode four, which is Laura's secret diary up against episode two, Coma. And we're going to start with Sam.
1: Uh, so, Coma, this is a David Lynch episode. And uh, this is when, like I said earlier, we, we hear about Wyndham Earl um, only a name. They just talk about him. And I, I always found that fascinating that they, they plant the seed of Wyndham Earl in this episode, but it doesn't actually grow until way, way farther or further down the line. So, when I was originally watching the series, I was like taking notes and stuff. And I was like, man, who's this Windam Earl? And then like you don't ever hear much about him again mm. until later. And I had actually forgotten who he was by the time um we met and I'm sure back in back in the day when people were watching this on television week by week. Um, when they were week by week and stuff, that, that I'm sure nobody remembered who Wyndham Earl was supposed to be by the time he showed up. But that's just a little footnote. Uh this is one of the better um, David Lynch directed episodes. What was the other episode it was up against? I don't even know. Episode
0: four, Alora's secret diary. In episode four, Leland Palmer is interrogated about about his killing, and uh, Sternwood shows up.
1: Oh right, because my 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 love for the Sternwood quotes. Um, <laughs> that's a that's a great episode, uh, but I I just don't think it can really stand a chance against Coma, honestly.
0: All right. One for coma and we're going to Joel next.
3: I love coma. That is I actually rank that higher than the pilot even. I just it's so oh. it's the lodestar of the mythology in a lot of ways. So much stuff gets introduced here, the cream corn, the tremon, you know, and the sequence of Bob climbing over the couch. Yes. Nothing nothing more needs to be said about that. That's just <laughs> oh my one of the most visceral cinematic experiences i've ever had and still i can watch most scenes that were jump scares for me with david lynch and eventually i'll get to a point maybe not with the inland empire clown face that one still gets me too but Mm. for the most part i can get to a point where i'm used to them i can't i at least shudder every time i watch that sequence there's just something about it you can't watch it and not flinch it's so discomforting i love it
0: all right ben any final thoughts on that one coma coma across the board all right so coma moves on to you know uh, I just
1: remembered round by the three way? yeah uh Laura's secret diary wasn't that that crazy episode that Jerry Stahl worked on and everybody had to rewrite? yeah
3: it? yeah
0: oh yeah the guy who did the drugs
3: yeah
2: <laughs> And yeah, Elf. don't
0: forget I, I, Elf. he did Alf yes he did Alf.
2: Yes.
1: That Jerry
3: Stahl did Alf.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. V- oh my gosh. There's a movie called uh, I think it's called
3: Midnight Min- after Monday Midnight. Midnight. I actually have it right here on DVD from Netflix.
2: Yeah, uh, it's uh,
1: with Ben Stiller. Yeah, ben Stiller plays him. Yeah, I just thought that's a neat footnote to that episode because that guy was nuts.
2: Really, what happened though is like he, he he turned in stuff that was like wh- not like not even legible really. Right. And I think they basically. Uh, Mark Frost, Harley Payton, and, and Robert Angles basically rewrote it and just made it their own and stuff. But, like, that's... It's kind of crazy. And at the same time, I think they made... Probably... They, they did a great job with the episode when they all had a, a last-minute thing right. to throw it together, so.
0: All right. So, episode two. uh coma by Lynch moves on to round three.
4: Hello, Twin Peaks Sheriff Station. Who may I say is calling, please?
0: I'm sorry I can't connect you with Sheriff Truman unless you tell me what your name is. You won't? I'm sorry, but I can't connect you with Sheriff Truman unless you tell me who you are.
2: I'm terribly sorry, but I'm going to have to hang up now.
0: The last bracket of round two... It's episode six, uh, Demons, which episode six is uh, Gordon Cole pays a visit to Twin Peaks. And without chemicals, the one-armed man provides answers up against episode 21. And for everybody who wants to remember what 21 was, that's the Miss Twin Peaks pageant. And we're going to go with Joel.
3: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's my... Favorite non-Lynch versus my least favorite non-Lynch. So definitely go with Demons on this. Nice.
2: I thought you were going to say Miss Twin Peaks. I know, right? (laughs) I really thought that. Now,
3: you know, now I like it. Uh, uh.
0: (laughs) Ben, we're going to you.
2: I agree with Joel.
0: Whoa. And Sam, any last thoughts for episode 21?
1: Demon, Demons is a fantastic episode, but I still would have gone with Miss Twin Peaks because I love it that much. Oh,
3: it's,
2: it's shoes against the lawn.
1: All right, we're moving on to round three.
0: And fun fact, three out of the four are all directed by David Lynch.
2: <laughs>
3: Little
0: fun fact sure. for y'all.
3: <laughs>
0: so we all know where our love is for season two. All right, uh, round three, bracket number one. Episode 7, Lonely Souls, directed by Lynch. Up against episode 22, Beyond Life and Death, directed by Lynch. And Ben, you're starting us off.
2: Wow. I was hoping this was going to be the last one that we were going to I know, do. I really thought we'd end this uh, with this. Oh, they're both so good. They both have merit. But you know, if you you looked at that episode, uh, I call it episode twenty-two. If you looked at twenty-two script and see what was like Bob the dentist and, <laughs> and silly stuff <laughs> and sort of stuff that like it's like thank God David Lynch came in, you would appreciate this episode so much more. So it's got to be episode twenty-two. Cool.
0: Okay, Ben, going for twenty-two. Sam, this
1: this is a tough one. Um, I I think uh, my personal. F- favorite episode of most of the series, if not the whole thing, would be episode 22, just because of how mind-blowing it is, how much it did for television in general. But I also look at Lonely Souls and just think about the, the context of the time that that episode was aired in. Mm-hmm. The murder of Maddie Ferguson itself, I think had to be pretty shocking uh, for a lot of television viewers at the time given what else was on TV, like Cheers and stuff. And the transition that we see from, you know, Leland to Bob and back and forth and all of that, I was trying, you know, like everybody else, I was trying to guess who the killer was the entire time. And I legitimately did not know that it was going to be him until that mirror shot. Yeah. So even though I, I think my my personal favorite really is the finale of season two, I think just for what, what was going on at the time in the 90s when Lonely Souls aired, I have to pick that one
2: oh um, yeah wow joel is a tiebreaker i don't know joel have you ever been a tiebreaker before
3: joel hasn't in this season two madness no tiebreak for me yet well, wow he... this to be the one okay yeah. so i mean i do have my i have my pick i'll talk about them in the order they're they're presented so that i won't give away which <laughs> which one it's going to be yet although if people well we'll see lonely souls is purely on the basis of like what's important to me in Twin Peaks or what's most important, I should say, and how I view Lynch's career. And like I already said that the collaboration with Mary Sweeney, where that's the only episode of Twin Peaks she edited. Wow. So that's the only, and it's a kickoff to all of this wonderful stuff that comes later. This should be my favorite just for, for those reasons. Like it, it gets to the heart of like the Laura Palmer mystery. It's got that just, heartbreaking, beautiful sequence where they go back to the roadhouse after Maddie has been killed and just the sadness washes over everyone. That Mm, is mm. the essence of Twin Peaks. That's the heart of Twin Peaks. Mm. And I think, so to move on to Beyond Life and Death, the finale, I think that is Lynch coming back and whatever you think of late season two, it is, and certainly when you look at the script, I think we all agree, it's like a rescuing of Twin Peaks. It's a rescue mission where he's like riding in and grabbing this material, some of which wasn't that strong and finding the most amazing way to do something with it versus Lonely Souls where I think it kind of starts from a place of, of strength. Now that said, my pick is the finale. And the reason is this is, I think, where like kind of my tourist formalist kind of cinephile side comes out. There's just something so amazing about Lynch's direction. I mean, in both episodes, but this is it's it's a directorial tour de force in the way that nothing I've ever seen on television, except for Part Eight in Season Three, it can can compare to. Um, I love all the stuff that comes before the Red Room. I think that stuff is fantastic, mm. and that's the 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 key example of Lynch rescuing stuff. Like it's all of these subplots, which a lot of which I didn't find that interesting. And suddenly they're interesting. They're so, like he finds the essence of each one and brings it to the surface and pitches it at this perfect pitch where it just works for me. That said though, it's the last 20 minutes of this episode that are just, it's like watching a master at the at the peak of their powers, you mm. know? It, it's like watching a Fellini or, or a Bergman or it's like like watching one of those directors masterpieces where it's like they've worked towards this their whole careers in some sense so in i and also i think i said you know for me lonely souls is kind of the essence of twin peaks and that's true but i think beyond life and death is what makes it possible for more twin peaks beyond firewalk there's no season three without this episode I agree. this is what finds like a new kind of center not that replaces the old center, but that exists in relation to it. And I think if we get future Twin Peaks, it'll be tying those two together. So I almost wish I could vote for like a fusion of lonely souls beyond <laughs> be life and death and be like, here you go, Lynch. make. I, I wouldn't even call it season four because I think if it ever comes, it'll be more like a little min- contained mini series type movie thing with like Carrie Page and – Richard slash Cooper, but, you know, two wonderful episodes. I'm glad we don't actually have to choose between any of these. Like we do this for fun and so that we have an opportunity to talk about these episodes. But, you know, ultimately these are both summits of Twin Peaks and and neither is really quote unquote better than the other. But I, I love to just linger on the finale as just a tour de force of cinema with just, you know, pure, beautiful style and form that he improvised over 24 hours on a set with the, just incredible incredible
2: it really is. you tricked me joel i really thought for a second you were gonna go for a i moment, know so i was they, like what yeah, yeah yeah it was gonna be
1: weird if joel and i agreed on something
4: oh. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs>
1: if you give me your soul
0: i let i need live. Episode 22 moves on to the final round. We're going to the last bracket of round three. We have episode two, Coma, directed by Lynch. Up against episode six, Demons. And just so everybody remembers, episode six, Gordon Cole comes to Twin Peaks. And the one-armed man, he has his meltdown. And he points in the bathroom and uh, provides answers up against uh, Coma which, if you need a reminder, the Log Lady tells Major Briggs, deliver the message, which he does, Cooper, Cooper, Cooper. And Joel, we're starting with you.
3: Yeah, easy for me to pick Coma with this. Much as I love Demons, Coma is the episode that kind of... the, The season one premiere gets the ball rolling in some ways, but like I said, it feels a little sluggish. feels a little like it's reiterating season one at times. Like We have all these flashbacks and stuff this is where it really gets rolling for me. And I actually get excited about season two. Like, Oh boy, here we go. Whole new direction, all these mysteries. And who's this Mr. Smith guy. And what's the deal with that? Like the old lady and the grandson. And I think this is where you go to in some ways, even more than those pinnacle episodes. This is what you point to when you say, no, listen, like season two is actually pretty good. Like for people who are just like, Oh, it was season one and it was everything else sucks or something. It's like, I would point them probably to this episode before any other to be like, season two's kind of a gem in some ways, you know.
0: A very good point, Joel. All right, we're going to
1: Sam. Um, I'd have to agree. I'm going to go with Coma as well. Whoa. Oh. Ben, last thoughts?
2: Real quick, I agree with Coma. I want to just say, real quick, Coma. I love the whole playing with the stool in the hospital by Cooper and Truman there. I, I think they're that, that's a funny touch by Lynch. And then you have, of course, just you. <laughs> no, that's not my favorite. But you also have uh, Cooper dreaming and he. Uh, and is said, the owls are not what you, they seem. And you see an owl over the face of Bob. And I still believe that the spirits and Bob and all of them are owls. And I and, I, and it's funny, I don't hear a lot of talk about that. But they never really talk about the owls are not what they seem. Joel, I want to hear from you real quick. What do you think the owls are not what they seem? Oh,
3: good question. I don't know that they ever really figured that out themselves. It seems like, according to Lynch, it was like a Mark Frost thing, right? It He's was. Like, yeah. It was me. And I think Frost is obviously really interested in what's that book where the owls are like masking phenomenon for UFOs oh, or whatever. I can't remember now. I can't remember. It's probably an E, I wanna say. Well, there's a lot of
0: mythology about how an owl's like a Native American, it means like
2: yeah, that soul. Too.
0: Yeah, that that too. I, I don't know about the UFO
2: thing though. I'm unfamiliar I mean, with it. I can't, I can't remember the, yeah. uh, what the book was. Yeah, yeah I think it just
3: sounds frost. cool, which is fine, honestly. Like, it doesn't – I don't have to have, you know, everything. I like to figure out some things, but well, some things I'm just, like, yeah. okay with it being, like, this This cool phrase. And that's definitely a cool phrase. I really believe yeah.
2: that the, the owls are spirits. Part me too. Of it. And part of it, too, is Leland do, doing the whole hooting. To me, that seems to be safe. Right. And, and we do see – we do see uh, them say, well, they say, where is Bob now? And then you see yeah. the owl at the end of that episode. You- and then even uh, on TV Guide, they they have like, they had like a new mystery and you have a picture of an owl and it says Bob on it. I don't know. Wow. I, that's not canon, of course. Yeah. But-
0: <laughs> TV Guide is not canon, Ben.
3: I- ben, did you, were you the one who thought you had like a memory, a false memory or something of like Mike? turning into an owl as he fell out the window or something? That is not, that, that, that that is not a
2: false memory, because actually <laughs> it did happen. And here's, <laughs>
0: I'm
3: on Ben's side. I kind no, of no, no, Here's
2: what. The, so what, here's what happened. One of the episodes, Mike uh, knocks out the guard, and then they follow him, but – the, he heads to the window, but the camera doesn't catch up to him enough. And by the time the camera gets to him, the all we see is the the window and the blow, the air blowing. So either he jumped out, and he uh, his one arm, his how one did arm he get? And, and I believe he's, you know, how did he get there so, <laughs> so quick? I, I, I made the jump that he turned into the owl and flew away. And but... I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, after four years of Twin Peaks okay. Unwrap, we've gone wow. over the deep end. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, the guy has one arm. How did you do all that yes. uh, without yeah. like something happening? I don't it's know. Crazy. But yes,
2: that was I've I've always thought that for, you know, thirty years or so, yeah. whatever it's been almost thirty years. But you're right. There's no, we don't see anything, but I, I made that jump. Yeah. Like Mike did. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Like Mike did <laughs> Agent Cooper.
0: It's me, Audrey. Audrey, where are you? Why aren't you
4: here? Audrey, this is no time for schoolgirl games. I want you home now.
1: I saw you in your tuxedo. You look like a
4: movie star. Wondering if you're in any kind of trouble. I am in trouble, but I'm gonna come home now.
0: Alright, gentlemen, we have finally reached round four. Is
2: this the last round? This
0: is the last round. <laughs> round four. We have the last bracket, episode 22, David Lynch's Beyond Life and Death, up against episode 2, David Lynch's Coma. And we're going to start this bracket off, we're going to finish it the way we started it, Sam.
1: Oh, you're going to start with me on this one, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, th- I think at this point, whoever's listening is probably pretty aware that um this episode is uh, well rather the finale episode is the the favorite among most of us it sounds like mm. and that's the one i'm gonna have to go with uh joel um kind of elaborated on his feelings about it earlier and i would echo those sentiments that like the the first Part of the episode where it's kind of resolving some subplots that had been lingering and then the back half of that episode is really the most important part of it in my opinion. I think it's kind of blown the the doors open for all sorts of other TV shows to explore territory like that that maybe was only being explored in uh, film at the time and not so much television. Uh, but I think because of the show in general, but especially that, that finale, shows like Supernatural or uh, the X-Files or mm-hmm. um, Channel Zero or any of those kinds of shows really owe a huge debt to that episode and David Lynch specifically for his, as Harley Payton calls it, a David walkabout where he threw most of the script out <laughs> and did what he did. And I, I think it turned out amazing. Um, I know I picked Lonely Souls the last round uh, for certain different reasons, but uh, I'm sort of glad that this one did make it because um, it really is, in my opinion, the best episode of pretty much the entire series. I, I, I would say Lonely Souls has... Uh, a lot of great stuff, like I said earlier, and I and I and I chose it for for very specific reasons. But this episode is my favorite of everything, just for that end.
0: Awesome, I agree. Uh, we one vote for Beyond Life and Death. We're going on to Joel.
3: Uh, I mean, you know, I think it's obvious. There's only one uh, entry in this whole kind of September to to June uh, season of television that just stands above the rest. I mean, you've got, we haven't talked about it much, but the fantastic song and the, you know, of course you get got the dancing there.
2: Our theme song. And, uh,
3: <laughs> right, and you got Laura um, after sort of a long absence and Laura, you, you hear her voice and everything. And I mean, most importantly, you have the the presence and the charisma of of Alan Thicke, so I'm going to go with Alan Thicke presents <laughs> The guide to Twin Peaks and cop rock. Yes, uh, that special is just the standout moment of season
2: four. Love it.
0: <laughs> so beyond life and death,
3: link in the show notes.
0: <laughs> and uh, well, Ben,
2: I still have a, I still have a say, don't
3: I? What Joel? What was your vote for? It was Alan Thick presents twenty. Yeah,
2: I'm the tiebreaker. Wait a minute, you, <laughs> coma. Oh my
3: God! In, in lieu, in, yeah, in in lieu of that being uh, legitimate entry, I will I will go with Beyond Life and Death.
2: <laughs> He's going for the last episode. I know, I know.
0: You have the final words, but like. Episode twenty two wins it. So uh, Ben, any final thoughts on there? Well,
2: yeah. Sam earlier talked about how uh, lonely soul is it? Is that the name of it? Lonely soul. How about how shocking that was to see uh, Leland in the mirror and and not realize that he was going to be the killer and see Bob. You, I feel you get that same moment in this last episode with Cooper. He's he goes in. He's in his hotel there, and he goes to the bathroom, and you realize. Well, he's not. Well, later on, we'll realize he's not. He's not the real Cooper. But mm. you see him in the mirror, and you in the reflection of Bob is just haunting. And I remember seeing it for the first time, and, and it was heart-wrenching. It was horrible. Like, you, the, your hero character had become a villain and stuff. And I thought th- that was just blew my mind. And I think that's why there's an almost lasting impression, because we were like, at least for 25 years, we've wanted to know what happened to Cooper. I mean, later in Firewalk with me, we understood that he was trapped in the Black Lodge and stuff. But still there was this, this wanting, this need to continue the story to find out what happens to Cooper.
0: Wow. So episode 22, Beyond Life and Death, directed by David Lynch, is the winner.
2: Did... I, I never saw that coming. You know, I, I, I we started this show. I was like, who is gonna, which episode is going to win this? I thought it was going um, uh,
0: uh, to be Mass Ball. I thought Mass Ball was yeah. really going
3: to yeah. go for the golds
1: it had a good run yes. it had actually really good yeah it had a very good run um, you know if, if it hadn't been beyond life and death it would have been mass ball you know
2: <laughs>
1: oh yeah right <laughs> I don't think anybody's really going to disagree right.
2: on this I episode I think most of the people listening to the show we're not going to
0: get any angry emails on this one <laughs> like the movie one we got a lot we could have
2: got we should have said lost highway I think we you should have said, <laughs> said lost
0: highway at the end how was the how
4: was
3: the end how's annie how's annie how's annie
0: how's annie so in 2020 we're gonna be doing season three madness probably in the springtime or the summertime And I'm still debating if I want to do one last one where we're gonna pit all the four winners up against each other, and I I talked the best Lynch. Yeah, the best Lynch uh, produced Material. material of all time. Joel brought up a good idea about bringing back
2: all the guests for that one and i'm I'm entertaining that that could be fun i think it would work because there's only going to be four right there's only gonna be four entries yes and everybody can just go off (laughs) (laughs) we can spend two hours with everybody
0: oh my god it it will be epic so stay tuned for that for 2020
2: email us or tell us if you're interested in us doing something like that
0: and before we get going uh we'll go around the table here we'll start with joel what's going on Uh, Where can people uh, follow you on social media?
3: Uh, LostintheMovies.com. I'm wrapping up uh, Viewing Diary of Mad Men Season 2 and probably starting in on Season 3. I've got some podcasts uh, going up on on Patreon covering uh, Season 2 episodes. Some of the episodes we talked about tonight are uh, either just presented or, or going to be presented soon. And uh, yeah, I'm working behind the scenes on Journey Through Twin Peaks, Season 3 edition. I've got an opening sequence cut and I'm uh, doing a lot of rewatching and watching of, because um, the, the opening part is actually not, before I get to Season 3, I'm going to go back and look at the individual directors that I didn't talk about in the, the first set of videos, as, mm-hmm. as well as like Harley Payton and, and uh, Robert Engels, like the collaborators who you know added to Twin Peaks before Went back to just being Lynch and Frost. And I'm gonna watch like film at least one film by each of those. So actually one of the ones I'm watching soon is Beider Meinhof Complex, which is Yuli Edel, who we dropped off right up very early tonight. (laughs) But I do I enjoy that movie. It's about the uh, the German left wing uh, Red Army faction. Look them up if you're interested. Fascinating story. That's what I'm doing.
0: (laughs) Awesome. And I love the new web page. I think it looks awesome. It looks great. A lot of hard work went into that, and it really shows. And Sam, uh, where can people find you on social media, and what are you up to?
1: Uh, Well, you know, I'm always hanging out over on the Reddits, as they say. And uh, that's www.reddit.com slash r slash Twin Peaks. And things were very quiet there for a long time because the series had ended. But now that the season four, maybe, rumors have surfaced, there's a lot of chatter there about... What might it be? What people want? Um, um, and then every, every single tweet from every single actor is being heavily scrutinized now for clues yeah. as to what so what might be happening. Um, so come check that out. There's a lot of hubbub. Uh, we also have a Twitter account. It's at Twin Peaks Reddit. Um, and that's where you can find me.
0: Awesome. I, I thank you guys. And thank you, Ben.
2: Wait, wait, wait. I've got to tell you about what I've been up to. Yeah, what
0: have you been up to? Where can we find you?
2: I have been working on this book. That is going to be coming out in 2020. Yes. It's called Twin Peaks Unwrapped. The book. The book. And it's, you know, things that I, I've worked on for four <laughs> years. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope you'll have me on again. Yes. And I can talk about it. Yes. Sometimes. Definitely. Like, <laughs> I would love to have you come back on and talk about this book. All right. I don't want to give it too much away because it's not coming out until next year. I know that's about a month away. Right. But let's, let's wait. <laughs> <laughs> anyways yes you can find me at twin peaks unwrap on twitter
0: yeah and that's where ben hangs out and you can like us on facebook on twin peaks unwrap follow us like us subscribe to us on itunes give us that five star review and if you have an angry email or you like this episode you want more stuff like this in 2020 give us an email at at gmail.com and we're on google play stitcher and all that being said, this is the last episode for 2020. You're going to get a best of before the year the year is over. And we'll be back in 2020. So everybody, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And we'll see you guys next year.
1: Have a good one. See you next year.
0: And now, an ending. Where there was once one, there are now two. Or were there always two? What is a reflection? A chance to see two? When there are chances for reflections, there can always be two
4: or more. Only when we are everywhere will there be just one. It has been a pleasure speaking to you.